0: So the one thing I will say is we had no debt on the company, zero. Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So, whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Brand Podcast. This is episode 893. And today I am fired up because I'm going to be sharing with you some recent news, some pretty big news. A uh, business that we've been building in the background. Our e commerce brand with some digital products and with some affiliate revenue and with some AdThrive revenue coming in, all of these different channels, an email list of over 30,000 people. All of that we have recently officially now sold. It is officially not our business anymore. And it was awesome and it was fun. And there was headaches along the way as well, well, with the build of the brand, but also with, uh, well, selling the brand. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you a recent coffee talk that I did where I talked about the five big takeaways and really lessons learned, but also just identifying those core elements in building a brand, whether you're starting from scratch or you're taking one that is already up and running, or maybe you purchase one, which we have someone in our academy right now that purchased a website that is getting about 65,000 page views, uh, doesn't have an email list, doesn't have any affiliate sales. The only revenue it's making is on MediaVine, which is still pretty good. It's making about $1,500 a month, purchased it for around $30,000, but now he's looking to build it out. Right. And now, so what we've done is we've sold our brand. We took it as far as we wanted to, we had other plans for it, but to be honest with you, I have other interests, my partner had other interests, so it just, it was the right time for us to hand it off to someone else that is willing and wanting to put in that additional work, um, but today, that is what I'm going to be sharing with you is those five different takeaways and really those core elements that I have, uh, really just identified once again. And I I think that you'll learn from this. I'll also talk a little bit about how the the deal, uh, the first deal fell through and then how we had to relist it and all of that stuff. But that's what I'm gonna be talking about. So check out this episode right now if you are thinking to yourself, I might want to buy one, or I might want to sell one, or I just kind of want to hear the ins and outs. What should I be thinking about? This episode is going to help you with that. The show notes to this episode, where you can also watch the video if you're not watching the video right now, can be found over on the show notes at brandcreators.com forward slash 893. The other thing, you're going to be hearing me talk a little bit about this email list building fast track workshop. And we just wrapped it up. So depending on when you're watching this or listening to this, um, we just wrapped it up. It was amazing. We had 100 plus uh, business owners in there that we taught how to build a list from scratch to 500 subscribers within 30 days or less. And that workshop ended up going for over three and a half hours. The cool thing is, is if you couldn't make it, we are making that available for a ridiculously Low investment. So if you are interested in attending that workshop and going through all the training, the bonuses to build your list, head on over to brandcreators.com forward slash list. Again, that's brandcreators.com forward slash list. And it will take you to the page where you can see all of the details about that workshop. All right, guys. So I'm going to stop talking now so you can listen in on this little coffee talk. That I have with some of my take action crew members and oh, by the way, if you want to hang out with us, I should have mentioned this. You can head on over to takeactioncrew.com and that'll take you to our rock your brand Facebook group where you can join or you can watch inside of there if you're already a member. All right, guys. So sit back, relax and enjoy. So like I said, I'm going to be talking about these five lessons uh, or really takeaways from this recent sale okay, of an e-commerce business. Now, this is, let me give you a little bit of the backstory. Uh, the backstory is this, and I'm going to give you a really, really quick backstory, all right? So, we started building this brand about three, little over three years ago, three and a half years ago, if my memory serves me correct, and we started it with the idea of launching some products, building an email list, building out some content. And seeing what happens, and over the course of that three years, I think we had probably total, maybe fifteen skews. Um, variations is going to make that a little bit more, maybe, but let's just call it fifteen skews. Um, some were were hits, some were losers. Uh, you know, they they just didn't pan out. Um, but we carried it out, and we had a pretty good suite of products that we're selling on a regular basis. Uh, But we had dips, you know, we had the, the issue with the whole virus where we couldn't send inventory in or we sent it in and it got held up and didn't get checked in. We ran out of inventory, lost our rankings, all of that stuff. With that, all of that being said though, We had other things running at the same time. We still had our email list, which was controlling a lot of our traffic, kind of like going to the website and the blog on a weekly basis. Um, From there, we had uh, affiliate offers that we were selling that weren't our products. We had AdThrive running on the website. We had content that was ranking that was getting anywhere from 150,000 to 200,000 page views a month. Um, So all of that stuff happened over the course of three and a half years. So one thing here, I didn't even put it in my notes here, but one big thing here is it takes time, right? There's nothing out there that you're going to do that's going to be like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and set this thing up today. And tomorrow I'm going to start collecting money. Like, I don't know any business, real business other than gambling. That's not a business, but if you were going to gamble, that's the quickest way that you could do it. You can lose a lot too. You can lose a ton, right? So There's no like, I'm going to put in a dollar and immediately see $2, right? It's just, it's not, it's not going to happen, right? So you have to have the mindset that you're building something over time, but you have to have a focus. You have to have a direction of where you're going, right? And if you do that starts with the market in mind, then you serve the market with products and offers, right? And then how do I get in front of that market on a regular basis, email, you know, content, Pinterest, whatever, right? So those things are always coming into play. Well, we were doing this learning, we were failing and, and winning. And, you know, we were, we were up and down throughout the entire thing. And, uh, we decided to sell because myself and my partner just really didn't have a ton of interest anymore to grow it. Like we were like, it was kind of like, all right, we, we took it as far as we wanted to go and we wanted to do other things. Right. And so it was time and we're like, you know what? I wonder what we could get for it now, right? We didn't get to our, where we're going to exit for seven figures. And a lot of you are probably wondering how much, um, I can't disclose the actual amount, but I will say, um, I'll just say it was, uh, you know, more than $400,000. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, so, uh, so basically we listed it just before the virus, probably like 30 days before the virus, we listed it. Through Quiet Light Brokerage, who I am a big fan of. You guys know that. Give a shout out to Quiet Light, Joe Valley, and the guys over there. Uh, So we listed it through those guys. And within 24 hours, we had probably three offers. And then within another probably 48 hours, we had another five, maybe six offers. I think total, we we had probably eight people, eight individuals that were interested in purchasing it. So we had multiple offers, actually offers that were more than we were asking. That's a good sign, by the way. We weren't looking at just necessarily like, oh my gosh, like that one there is going to give us 30 or $40,000 more than the person before them. Uh, We didn't. We, we really want this business to thrive after we hand over the keys. Like we do not just want to go, Oh, okay, cool. You'll pay more, but you're not, you don't really have a good business sense or you don't really have a good direction or you, I don't see how you're going to scale this. Uh, you're just going to let it kind of, you know, kind of go downhill. Eh, I don't think I want to go with that. Even if it's going to pay me 30 or $40,000 more. Now, some people would, we didn't want to do that. So we did end up taking, it just happened that one of the more, um, the, the higher, uh, bids were someone that we really liked. So we said, okay, let's, let's give them a shot. So we went ahead, got all the paperwork going. They're going to do SBA. It was not a cash offer. It was an SBA, which is basically a loan. And, uh, we got in probably close to 30 days and we get the, we get the call. They're backing out. So the thing is, when you sell a business, like an SBA type business like that, it gives them more time and they can back out. Whenever there's nothing saying that they have to complete, uh, the, the, the deal, which is kind of scary. Right. So all of a sudden, you know, my partner, you know, messages me, you know, all, you know, like just upset. And I was upset and it's just like, oh man, this really sucks. Let's list it again and see what happens. Now that this whole virus thing happened, is anybody even going to want to buy a business? We'll come to find out. Yes. A lot of people are still buying businesses and actually it made the SBA process longer because there were so many people buying businesses. So anyway, uh, long story short is, uh, it took probably, I'd have to look back at the exact date, but it took over probably four or five months before we ended up closing the second buyer. Um, and so anyway, we did close we handed over the keys uh i met the new owner i went over a call uh going over email and uh and kind of going through our process our cadence our messaging our you know all of that stuff and he was blown away at our our open rates and our click through rate after emailing that many times a week and for that long we even looked at one of our sequences that we had in place cuz the other cool thing with email is once you have an email sequence set up or you want to build a sequence, you can then drip out content over the course of a month, six months. It doesn't matter. And we built one out. I think it ran for about 50 days um, and it was about 25 emails, I think it was, and Usually when you send out a sequence like that, it starts to, uh, the open rates start to decline because they're like, they got what they wanted and now they're just not paying attention anymore. So it usually drops and that's totally normal. We didn't really notice much of a drop. Like we were still getting really good open rates all the way deep in the sequence. And we were getting really good click through, which click through is like the ultimate, right? Um, so anyway, long story short, he was impressed He said, I thought it was great that we had the email list, but now seeing actually how it performs, I'm even more excited because of the leverage that he's going to be able to have with it. So yes, um, he really liked the email thing. So, all right, let me kind of go into these five different areas. Okay. These five things that come to mind on why this was successful and also what are the takeaways and what is, what is, uh, what are the things that I am going to continue to do from building this and then selling it and moving it into the next business? all right? And let me just pop over to the comments real quick and make sure that I'm last time I did this I wasn't looking at the comments and it, I was like uh, people were saying, Scott, there's no sound. there's no sound. Let's see here. uh okay, good. just just some good mornings. What's up, Phil? Jana, what's up? Uh, Alsiss, I think that's how you pronounce your name from Peru. Wow, awesome. Uh, where's Brody Brody's probably laying out in a sunspot out there. He just loves the sun. Uh, good morning, Debbie. Awesome. Okay, cool. All right. So you guys can hear and see me. That's really, really good. All right, cool. So, all right, here we go. So the number one thing, number one thing that I would say that I took away was we were really focused on a niche. Okay. And you guys know, I've talked about it. It seems very basic. But it's so so important. I still get people that say, "Scott, I wanna I wanna launch a brand, but I wanna talk about this, 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 and this." And it, it could be all over the place. It could be like if you're gonna go into something as broad as uh, maybe it's just like uh, sporting and outdoors. So that could be camping, that could be uh, hiking, that could be mountain biking, that could be. I don't know, it could be everything, right? Under the sun, under sports and outdoors, right? But what we really did is we honed in on on an area of the market and we just really dove in deep around that market, right? So again, it's like if we if we use the fishing analogy and we said I want to go into the fishing market, but then we carved it into the bass fishing market. And actually in the beginning if 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 we were to look at this kind of like looking at it through the eyes of what we did, it would almost be the same as going into then the kayak bass fishing. Then we moved out of that as we built up some, some, uh, content and we started building up a little bit of an audience. We had an email list. Then we started to introduce other topics like maybe it was just bass fishing that were a little bit more broad, but then we could, we could start to really open up the market a little bit. Okay. So it wasn't just focusing on that one, that one niche or that sub niche but we still were niched. Okay. So I think it's important that if you're building a business, starting a business, it's important to start niche, but it's also, you don't want to go so niche that you can never come out of it. So I wouldn't want to name the business, uh, you know, something like kayak bass fishing.com because then I'm really only going to be talking about kayak bass fishing. I can't talk about fly fishing. I can, but it's just not going to It's not going to do well. And I'm also going to have, I'm going to be kind of spread out amongst the things that I'm talking about. And then I'm not going to really get dialed in on one specific area. So always try to go in with one area. Here's an example. Uh, Okay. So brand creators, right? Uh, We talk about building a brand. Well, in building a brand, there's, you know, picking your niche. There's, you know, uh, picking your content to start to create and building your website. And then it's building an email list. And then it's messaging the email list. And then it's, uh, what kind of offers can you give to the audience or to your market? Right. All of these different areas. Right. And we do have in brand creators Academy, we have all of that stuff. Right. But because we're brand creators, I'm now going niche into email list building. Right. And what I mean by that is, is we're going to do a workshop. It's email list building fast track. It's all about email list building. It still helps in the main thing that we're doing, but it's kind of sub-niched down that we're going to just drill into email list building. You see? So it's the same idea. If we went into fishing, we went into bass fishing, and then what's one area of bass fishing that we could go a little bit deeper? That would be kayak bass fishing, right? So it's the same idea. We're always thinking about how can I get more specific, right? And then call out those people right? Because if you already have an email list and you're already good at building an email list, you're not going to want to attend the workshop. And that's fine. Part of us being that niched and that, uh, you know, that kind of direct is to only attract the right people that want to attend the workshop that need help building a list period. It's the same idea, right? So, okay. So niching down is really, really important that I believe it really helped us in the beginning, but it also helped us at the end because now we were known in the industry for, uh, for that specific topic. Okay. Being a good resource to the market. Okay. Number two, content, 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 content. All right. Content is so important and there's all different ways and forms of content. But what we did almost from day one, we actually built our email list from a giveaway before we even had a piece of content, by the way, fun fact. Okay. Okay. And the reason why is because way back then, three and a half, almost four years ago, we were still launching products on Amazon with a whole bunch of other people, and we needed to figure out how could we have a launch that would spike the algorithm. What did we do? We built a list around our sub niche that we were going into. Okay, before we even had a product, by the way, right? And then what we did is when we had our own product, we emailed them. We did what we call a three email profit push which is actually uh, something that we teach in the academy, and it's also what you can do when you have a list is you can do these promotions, and we launched, I think at the time it was five different products spaced out about a month and a half apart, and each one of those, we ran through that same promotion, and every single one allowed us to get traction in Amazon and helped us start to get rank, okay? Will that work today? Yeah, it will. If you have an email list, you have a physical product, and you want to drive sales, you can drive traffic to your listing and get sales and increase the rank, and then all of a sudden, you're now going to get organic sales. It still works the same. The problem is, is if you're going up against a competitor that's getting 50 sales a day, and you're only going to get 10 sales a day, you're not going to outrank them. We, that, that has not changed, okay? So again, back to my point, content is important. If you're not developing content, you need to start immediately. All right. When we sold this business, we probably had over 200 pieces of content and that was just on the blog. That's not counting. We had a Facebook group. We had a Facebook page. Okay. And we had a YouTube channel. Now the YouTube channel, we didn't really do anything with. All we did was we repurposed our, uh, our, uh, Facebook stuff over to, uh, YouTube. And then we built that. And I think the last I looked, we had like 4,000 subscribers that was built over a course of about maybe two years. Not a lot, but it was still something, right? And so that was just repurposing, but it's content. So one piece of content that we might've pr- produced as a Facebook Live, we then took that, turned it into a blog post, and then also put it up on YouTube. So we just basically did the you know repurposing of the content on multiple channels, whatever channels that we were on. Now, just also to let you know, We weren't on YouTube at all until like the last two years and not even actively, like whenever we felt like it kind of thing, there was no schedule. Okay. Um, because it wasn't our main focus. Our main focus was uh, developing content for the blog that we could then also email our list to, right. And then also Pinterest, like those were the main ones. Okay. So content, super important, important, starting on day one. Super, super important. Okay. And that I believe, again, when we sold the site, we're like, here's the site. It's getting all this traffic from all this content. Here you go. Right. It's more stuff that's bringing traffic to the website that delivers more value. It's an asset. You can get more for your business. Okay. Uh, okay. Number three, obviously email right? We had the email list. And like I said, from day one, we built it with the intention of launching products. And then after we launched the products, we still used the list every single week. And at first we were only sending out one email a week. Now we're or now not anymore. As of last week, I haven't written an email. Um, but because the new owner is kind of took over the reins, right? So I was sending three emails a week. Without fail, three emails a week, and and I would space them apart to where I could send the email and then send to the unopens. It's everything that I've really been teaching you guys, like here or in the academy or in any trainings that I've ever done. It's following the same principles, niche, right? content, email list. There it is, right? Now, the fourth thing, diversifying offers, diversifying revenue streams. So basically ad thrive, the minute you have traffic now ad thrive, you need a hundred thousand page views a month. Okay. You got to work there, work to go there, right? There's Ezoic that has 10,000 page views. All right. We're testing that on two brands right now. I'm not overly impressed, but it's better than nothing. Uh, so Ezoic is like your first step into like the paid ads, Um, Then Mediavine would be next. They just bumped theirs from 25,000 to 50,000 page views. So you need 50,000 page views. Um, There's actually um, one of our uh, members in the Academy uh, has a site he just bought and it's getting about 60,000 page views, making about $1,500 a month on just Mediavine. So Mediavine is the mid-tier, and then AdThrive is like the holy grail. like That's what you want to end up towards. But that's just one revenue stream, and that's more or less passive because all it is is traffic coming to the blog. That's it. Traffic comes, you get paid. That's it. There's no clicking involved. It's just impressions. Um, So AdThrive or Mediavine or Ezoic, the next one is affiliate marketing. Now, you can use products on Amazon, on Etsy, on eBay. They all have their own affiliate programs. Okay. You can use, uh, you can use even, um, private ones through ClickBank. If there's a digital product there and you can also even look at your market, maybe places that sell your, even physical products that sell your type of products and they have their private affiliate program that they might pay you 10 or 12%, right? So affiliate stuff, that was a big one for us as well. Then of course, physical products was okay. And then, uh, digital, digital products. Okay. Okay. So ad thrive, affiliate, physical, and digital. Okay. Um, so now there's another thing in here that we could have done. Now, if, if we were like hundred percent in, and that our focus was only this business and we're like, listen, the only thing we're going to focus on, Scott, you're not going to podcast anymore. You're not going to do brand creators anymore. Academy. You're not going to do these workshops. You're not going to do any of that stuff, Scott. You're not going to do any of that stuff that you love anymore, right? You're just going to focus on this, on this, on this brand. And you're just going to build that one brand. I believe we could have built that to probably seven figures. Easy. Um, probably even, we could have even maybe even brought that into eight figures might have been tough, but seven figures for sure. Okay. But obviously, you know, the focus is, is all, all over the place because of what else, all the other things that I'm doing and that my partner's doing. Right. But I will say this, we could have created a digital course that we never did because number one, my partner wasn't interested and I wasn't interested, didn't want to do it right. We totally could have did that. So we could have added a whole nother revenue stream, probably even more profitable than the digital product that we had, but it would have required more work on our part and we would have actually had to, to market it and promote it right? And so again, you have to look at these things in your business. Are you building a business that's long term that you're like, I'm gonna I love this thing, I I want to be with this thing forever, right? or am I building this thing because in three to five years I want to sell this thing? So you got to ask yourself those questions um, So anyway, that's number four, diversifying the offers. And then uh, on uh, number five, this is a big one. It, it's especially when you have a physical product business, especially. Okay, you need good bookkeeping. You need good bookkeeping. All right. Now, what does that mean? It's better off if you have a third party bookkeeper to do your books 100% if you're doing physical products. If you're selling physical products, get a third party bookkeeper immediately. Okay. And the reason is, isn't because you can't do your own books. It's that if you ever go to sell They do not want to see that you, the owner, did the books. They want to know that a third party that has no interest in your, you know, in pulling a, you know, pulling a fast one on you. Right. So the one thing that Joe Valley said from Quiet Light when I had a conversation with him about 18 months ago and we were doing our books is he said, You got to get someone else to do your books. It just doesn't look good and it's taking work off of your plate. I'm like, Okay. So we did it and it did end up working out. Now, the one company that we used, I would not a hundred percent say I was happy with, uh, I'm not going to go ahead and give them anything right now. As far as like, uh, who not to go to, I may in the future, to be honest with you. Um, but they, they got the job done, but it was a lot of work on our part to make sure that things were done the way that they should have been done. And there was mistakes that were made that actually ended up costing us. Actually, one of them cost us a little bit of money on the exit. Uh, I mean, probably in the tune of about 12 grand. Um, because it was like one entry was put in as a, as a, uh, yeah, as a, uh, added to the, to the, um, the, the sales numbers. So they ended up putting that in, not, at, not as a deduction as a, uh, they should have put it in as an asset and they put it in as a, uh, or I'm sorry, they put it in as an asset. They should have put it in as a deduction. That's what I'm trying to say. So, because of that, it looked like you had four thousand dollars more times three because that's your multiple. it's twelve grand. Um, so that was a little bit of an issue. Uh, but just your books are really, really important. So, I would definitely recommend getting your books done and making sure if you're going to sell it, definitely do that within twelve months, definitely. all right? All right, so the last thing that I wanna say here, and this is a big one, is in order to build a business that either Pays you a thousand bucks a month or pays you $25,000 a month or whatever, it's going to take this. And that is staying focused and staying committed. Okay. Let me say that again staying focused and staying committed. If you do that, okay, if you do that and all of your attention, all of your focus is on that, how do I get traffic? How do I make offers? If that's all that you're doing, There's a really good chance that you'll succeed, right? Now, is it all going to be easy? No, it's not. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. You're going to have days that you're like, my gosh, my rank is tanking because they won't check my inventory in or it got lost or whatever, right? Or, you know, uh, people are emailing me because they bought a digital product and they can't get it. And now I can't get into my website because I've been locked out because I try to use my password too many times. And now I got to, there's like, things are going to happen right? That's part of it. But there's also things that are going to happen at your nine to five, right? So you have to make that decision. What are you okay with? What are you willing to trade for the freedom that you're going after? Because that's really what we're all after, right? We're trying to gain freedom, right? But in reality, when you have a business, you are going to have to work at it, right? So it's not all, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, just sit back and collect. It's not the way it works. So you got to kind of look at that stuff and, and balance it out. Now, am I happy with how it turned out with our company that we ended up selling? Absolutely. You know, was I going for a seven-figure exit? Yes. And it wasn't even, I don't know, for me, it wasn't even uh, about the money necessarily. It was about the goal, right? And so in my head, I fell short a little bit, but in the same breath I didn't because I chose That's a big one there. I chose, um, to basically let it go and say, you know what, it's going to be better off in someone else's hands. And for the amount of work that, you know, we've put into it, I think we're good. And we're, we're both in, I'm saying both myself and my partner, we're, we're in the same mindset that we want to work on other things and it served us well. And the other thing I want to say about this business, a lot of people don't talk about this, but when you hear someone sell their business They usually have not collected any money on the business. Now, Joe Valley will say that to you. The time that you make the most money in your business is when you sell it. And he's kind of right, right? Because you get a big paycheck, right? But you didn't take anything out. A lot of people, especially in the physical products, this is why, you know, physical products is a whole nother animal, right? Right. But when you have physical products, a lot of times you're taking the money and you're rolling it back into inventory, rolling it back into inventory, rolling it back into inventory, or you're launching new products, right? So that, that, that money is tied up, right? So the one thing I will say is we had no debt on the company zero. Okay. The only debt it had was money that I invested up front, uh, which, you know, wasn't any more than, and again, I'd have to look at the exact, um, n- you know, by funding orders, but less than, you know, I think on our orders was less than 15 or $20,000 over the course of the launches on the products. Then they started to pay for themselves. So really a little bit of startup. Okay. Uh, actually our first product, we probably launched for like less than three grand. Um, but no debt on the company. So we never borrowed money for inventory. Never. Okay. And we ended up paying ourselves every single month and we were able to pull money. So at the end of the day, we were able to pull money, put it in our bank account, still pay for our inventory, pay for our expenses. And then if, and then at the end of the sale, we were able to take a good chunk of money and put that in our bank account. Okay. So I feel really good about that because if you look at the overall picture, seven figures, we're probably close to seven figures as far as money earned all the way around, right? And so you you also got to look at, you know, and see like, okay, why, why is that number important to you? The number isn't necessarily important to me that it's, oh, I made that much money. For me, it was like another milestone to be able to say that I sold a business for seven figures. Like that would have been kind of cool. But I really kind of let go of that when I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, why is that cool? Just because it's a trophy, right? Like, I don't really care about the seven figures necessarily. I care about, I built something that was able to be sold and someone else is going to now take it and bring it to the next level. So there's all these things that go on in your head. And sometimes we, sometimes we, uh, we're driven by, you know, milestones, right? It, it might be like, I just want to get my website to hundred thousand page views. That would feel amazing. Right. I feel like I accomplished something, you know, so there's all of these little, these little milestones that we want to get to. Uh, and I do believe that we should have these little milestones, not these big ones. Like example, we're going to do a workshop. It's coming up. If you guys are just tuning in, it's the email list building workshop. The goal is to get to 500 subscribers, right? Not 50,500, right? Right. And my goal is to get you to 500 subscribers within 30 days or less. And the cool thing about that is when you get to 500, to get to 5,000 to 50,000 is going to be a lot easier because now you know the process, right? But let's not say and put our expectations on, we have to get 10,000 subscribers. We don't have to get that. And just to kind of bring it back up, if you guys forgot, I did a coffee talk and a podcast episode on how I earned over $12,000 from an email list of a thousand emails. Right. One of my first launches ever. Right. And didn't even really know what I was doing. Right. So you can do well with a small email list. It doesn't have to be 30,000 people. Okay. But when you learn the principles, when you learn the skill set, you can rinse and repeat and you can get better at it. All right. Well, there you have it. Hopefully that was helpful to you for listening in on some of those random thoughts about building a brand selling a brand, the ins and outs, what to look for, and really what to be thinking about as you're building your brand right now, and the one thing I will say, if you are not thinking to yourself right now like you're ever going to sell your brand, you still want to prepare it as if you were, so again, think about those things that I went over, you might want to bookmark this one or save this episode so you can go back to it or bookmark the the show notes, uh, but It's really something that I think if you follow these principles, you can't go wrong. And one of the things that we talk about and I talked about in that coffee talk was building your list. And again, that's another asset that you really should be adding to your brand. And if you have not started building your list or if you've built one or tried to build one and it just wasn't successful for you for whatever reason, maybe you had the targeting wrong, the lead magnet wrong, whatever. I've got good news for you because we just did a full workshop breaking down exactly how to come up with a lead magnet that'll get people jumping up and down to give you their email address to get on your list. From there, we talk about how to build a really highly converting landing page within 10 minutes. By the way, I actually show you step by step how to do it in the workshop and then show you how to connect it to your email autoresponder very, very simply. So this way you can start sending messages and delivering the uh, promised download or the the, the thing that you're giving them as a lead magnet, we set that all up and then we drive traffic and we have free traffic, which is organic traffic. And then we also talk about a very simple strategy using Facebook ads. So if you're interested in attending that workshop, head on over to brandcreators.com Forward slash list. Again, that's brandcreators.com forward slash list. And you can attend that workshop. It's all recorded. It's going to be up there in a training area. And there's some really cool bonuses that you'll get access to as well. All right. So, guys, that's it. That's gonna wrap up this episode. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now, let's rock your brand.